Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. Stokes flashes it away, through the covers for four, and England have won the match. So it's about 4.35pm in Rulpindi in Pakistan. The light is fading. Pakistan are nine wickets down. Victory for them is out of the question. And Jack Leach pins Nassim Shah, LBW, given out by... Joel Wilson, of course, reviewed. And Marais Erasmus, the third umpire, upholds that LBW verdict from Joel Wilson. And to me, Simon, that is one of England's greatest ever test victories at home or away, almost certainly away from home. The way they conjured victory from that comatose pitch with such a young and relatively inexperienced team was absolutely remarkable. What was it like to, to be at? It was really tense. I mean, you could see the light obviously closing in. You know, the floodlights were on. England struggled for half an hour or so. You thought, is it going to slip away from them? There was that moment when that, there was that edge between Ollie Pope and Joe Root at first slip that went away for four. And you thought, is, you know, is that the moment for England? You saw the anguish on Ben Stokes' face. And you thought, yeah, they could hold on. You know, fair play to the Pakistan's last wicket a partnership of, of Shah and Muhammad Ali, you know, they, they, they dug in and they, you know, it was, okay, it was a flat pitch, but they, they showed the metal that they needed to show and then Leach just slid one on LBW. Tense, yeah, exciting. And I, I, I agree with you, ultimately one of England's greatest victories overseas. I mean, it's hard to quantify, isn't it? Uh, you, you, know, you say anywhere. And I mean, there have been some great wins over the years and perhaps we could explore that in a moment. But I, I don't think many people thought that an England win here in this test match was that likely despite the fact they scored so quickly Pakistan made 579 in their first innings and you know to delay the match and you thought can they get 20 wickets on that service they could just just in time yours Mm. 
Yeah, I, you know, if you look at the 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 victories over the years obviously the the first one that springs to mind home or away was the ben stokes inspired victory over australia at headingley one by one by one wicket of course we hear your commentary to commemorate that moment at the start of this podcast but that was a victory which was i suppose a sort of houdini act in a way england came back from the dead they were bowled out for 60 odd in the first innings and somehow managed to conjure victory there but here this this victory and obviously there are others we can talk about but this victory was sort of instigated from the start by that amazing enterprising approach by england's batsmen to get that 500 in in a day a record breaking amount of runs in the first ever test match and from then on They've always tried to make the running and tried to forget about the the likelihood of defeat or draw and just projected for a win from the start in very adverse conditions for bowlers anyway, for certainly English-type bowlers. And they've, they've pulled it off. Stokes, as an inspired captain, the team lining up behind him in a, in a, in a most incredibly sort of um, stoic and stamina-led way. I mean, the... The resilience that they showed with the ball over the last day and a half was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, all right, so Ollie Robinson, interestingly, was man of the match for his five wickets and four wickets in the second innings. And he's raised his game to another level, uh, which sometimes these sorts of conditions enable you to do. But there were unsung heroes as well, like, for instance, Ollie Pope, that brilliant down-the-leg side catch, one-handed catch, kind of shoved in as wicketkeeper, as makeshift wicketkeeper, right at the start of the game when Ben Folks was unavailable for illness. And he's, all right, so he hasn't taken every single chance. There's one that escaped him. But when they needed it, he took it. And I think there's just so many examples of players that have had an outstanding test and, you know, been inspired by an outstanding leader. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. A fantastic victory uh, for England. Three things were against them, it seems to me. I remember the start of the Test match, you know, some of them were ill. I mean, Ben Folks missed the games. They had that to deal with. You know, a few of them were in bed on, on the day before. Ben Duckett, you know, you said he was on the toilet at five o'clock in the morning but you know, before he, he was opening his innings and then went out and, and made 100. The pitch, as, as flat as I can ever remember, uh, you know, it, it was just so little there. Uh, for the bowlers, so that that was against England, and the other thing that was against England was the time. You know, this, this was a shorter Test match. We worked out that basically it was a Test match that lasted uh, four days and one session. So they so they won on a flat pitch in four days and a session, which really takes some doing against you know Pakistan. It's not the greatest Pakistan side. Let, let's be fair. It's not you know it doesn't have a great lower order, but there's some decent players in that top order, and you know three of them got hundreds, didn't they, in the, in the first innings, and others showed some real addition. And, and, and promise. I thought Saud Shaquille, you know, today, really gritty innings from him and Salman uh, Agar as well in this test match shaped well. So, you, you know, it wasn't easy for England to prize out the... Uh, it, that's what it was about, wasn't it? It was prizing out the first six wickets. Once they got six into that lower order, that, that fragile lower order, then they felt they had a chance. And it was a question of how quickly they could do it. And they just about did it uh, quickly enough. What did, what did you think of T, Oz? It was, it was 257 for five. And Azar Ali and Salman had, had dug in, actually. They played pretty well in that partnership. I mean, it, it felt to me at T as though Pakistan uh, were favourites. 86 to win. OK, there was going to be a, a race against time. But they just got, after T, it was just sort of so constipated. They couldn't get away and then they lost the wicket. But did, at T, did you think Pakistan were, 
were, were just about favourites. I did, actually. I thought they were just about favourites, but partly because if you look at the, the previous two sessions, there had been about 80 runs scored in each of them. Mm. And so if with 80-odd to win in the final session, that was fairly similar to their scoring rate over the previous two sessions. So I, with those two in looking pretty secure and England just tiring a touch and there being nothing in the pitch for the bowlers, I did fancy Pakistan just slightly, but I thought it would only take one wicket to change that because yeah. from eight onwards, the Pakistan batting order is not not good. And Nazim Shah is definitely not a number eight in test cricket. He averages only five with the bat at this level. And I, I thought that, that that... The thing is, the difference of uh, the momentum shift it can be incurred by just one wicket. And then suddenly the bowlers are all invigorated by the knowledge that there are four fairly ordinary batsmen left and they can almost get rid of the, the other batsman who's any good by just getting him off strike and then just focusing on those tail-enders. So it was a very finely balanced at T and... I thought that was the beauty of the whole situation. The fact that they declared England yesterday with that tantalising target of 342 in the distance. But the fact that they needed that extra time also to be able to get those wickets. And, and, and so it proved. I thought they would struggle to get the, the five wickets in the last session, actually. I thought even if yeah. they get two straight after T, it's, an, it's a, a pitch on which you can block and survive even lower order players. And I thought it was going to be really touch and go whether England managed to get there. But actually, to the credit of the bowlers, they generated enough chances. A couple of them were not accepted, but they generated probably seven chances and got the five wickets they needed. Yeah, I mean, one thing that happened today is the ball started to do something, didn't it? And it, it didn't do it in Pakistan's first innings. When England was striving away, they're out there 150-plus overs. It didn't happen in that Pakistan first innings. I mean, that was such a you know, tough effort to bowl uh, Pakistan out. So why did the ball start to just do a little bit today? It, 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 it reversed a bit. The, the ball was changed. Ollie Robinson made that point to me. Uh, post-match in his interview saying the ball was changed I don't know, different ball the surface is it just a bit more scuffed yeah, up after I, five I think days? that's the main thing I think what happens in test cricket even on a flat pitch like this is over the four days it does dust up a bit more it's a bit drier every day the batsmen running up and down on it plus the bowlers bowling over and over on it it just gradually disintegrates and even though it held together and didn't help the bowlers from a movement off the pitch point of view or bounce uneven bounce it just because it's drier and drier each day it just abrades the ball scuffs the ball a little bit more each time also I think England realized that one of the ways of getting the ball scuffed up is to go with the bouncer ploy and they did that early on in this Pakistan second innings. In fact, Stokes and Robinson took the, the new ball and bowled short uh, or virtually exclusively for about the first, I don't know, seven, eight overs. And that's also a good way of getting the ball scuffed up and just getting those little indentations which gradually over time wear and, and widen and eventually you get that reverse swing. Just going back to Great England 
uh, victories. I mean, it's, it's hard to quantify, isn't it? I mean, how you do it. But I mean, I, you know, I, I think back to some victories in India. There's the amazing uh, Kevin Peterson, Alistair Cook test match in Mumbai when Peterson played like a god, really. One of the, one of the great innings in, in, from an England uh, player. And they beat India in, in Mumbai in that outstanding series victory they had back in, what, what was it, 2000 and... 11, 12, something like that. And then, of course, they won in Calcutta as well. There was the victory in Chennai on the last tour when they won the first test match and Joe Root made a double hundred. I and mean, that was a, a significant victory for England. There'd be, you know, you think of wins in Australia. Yeah, I can think, I mean, that 2010, the win in Melbourne, I thought was an absolutely amazing victory. They'd yeah. lost the third test in Perth. So it was one all. And Boxing Day the MCG, the cauldron of Australian cricket, 90,000 Aussies there waiting to see English blood or English bodies roasted on the on the barbecue and England won the toss, bowled Australia out for 98, 150 for naught at the end of the day and they won that test match and won the, won the Ashes. So it, it, that was an amazing game. Uh, so that was one of England's, undoubtedly one of England's greatest wins overseas. I don't know. I just this this one because because of the way they did it, because of the way England backed themselves right from the start to set a new benchmark for how to bat in Test cricket, and uh, uh, the, the ambition that they had. Right, we're going to show you how to play Test cricket in Pakistan, and we're going to win. And it, it, it took them to the bitter end of the last session to get there, with every you know sinew and and. Uh, muscle expended in all and, its energy, but and brain cell and, and brain, brain cell, cell yeah, because well, that, that's well. that's actually a good point because you know I I was fascinated by that last session with the the permutations of the bowling. Did they take the second new ball? If they did, who were they going to give it to? The, the, the delay in taking it was perfectly timed because it they were still getting quite a bit of movement with the old ball. And probably the new ball wouldn't move very much. But at the same time, the new ball might bounce a bit more. So it was a really precarious decision to have to make. They stuck with the old ball and then you know, got the new ball just in the nick of time to finish Pakistan off. Brilliant. Yeah, all about degree of difficulty, I think, in terms of, sort of placing this England victory. I mean, there were some great wins in India under David Gower, that, that tour when they, they won over, over there, and, and Gat and Graham Fowler made runs. There was a win in the West Indies, first match of the 1990 series when West Indies were you know, invincible at home and England uh, won that test match by nine wickets. I mean, there, you know, there, there have been examples, and you know, you can go back in the day, there have been some great away... Well, of course, there was a one in Karachi in 2000 as well, which... Yeah. Yeah. Was a, a achieved even Michael Atherton was on Sky after the game tonight mm. and said it was even darker in Karachi for that victory than it was when Sky were broadcasting their post-match, post-mortem half an hour at the end of play today. So it must have been yeah. an amazing match to be part of. But I don't know. I just think this from start to finish has been remarkable. Yeah, because they, you're right, because they had to take the ball and run with it right from the start of the match. You know, because of the limited amount of time and because of the, the difficulty of the pitch and, and the quality, you know, the, the, the 
you know, decent quality of Pakistan's uh, top seven. It was it was not easy to uh, dislodge them. What about, uh, I mean, the, the, the decision to give the player of the match to Ollie Robinson, even I think it took him by surprise. I mean, Harry Brook won't mind, I don't think, but this is a player who scored 240 runs in the game off 181 balls. And, you know, without Brook, without that way of playing, England wouldn't have been able to set up what they were able to achieve. So it was it's an all-round team performance. And you almost feel that it should be players of the match because they everyone probably just just about contributed over the course of the uh, you know five days. Liam Livingston was probably the only one who, you know, who originally selected who, who missed out because of of injury, and obviously he's on his way home, which is a huge disappointment for him. So there'll be you know, great celebration in that England dressing room uh, this evening, but tremendous disappointment for Liam Livingston. It's funny, isn't it? That sort of that can do a, a team game, but with individuals within it can have that sense of, of personal disappointment and, and, and tough for him. But yeah, it was a. It, it really was an all-round team performance. But you know, Harry Brook, this he, he is such a a young star in the making. And we were talking about this last night, how, you know, how do they fit Pesto back in the side when he's fit again? Uh, but I, I think that I think it was quite a, it's a, a creative call to give, to signal out, um, signal out uh, Ollie Robinson actually, because w- when the pitch is that flat, you bowlers who come up with something different are able to prize batters out. You want to reward that, and not, that's not to say that you know you'd expect Harry Brook to score loads of runs because it was nice and flat. But bowlers, it, it really shows bowlers being rewarded. And I think you know sometimes a, a, on a bowler's pitch, a batter who makes seventy, you know that's that is the that encapsulates the game, doesn't it? Or well, that helps you uh, win the game. No, I think you've you've put, you've summed that up very well. Uh, Fact is, Robinson took 25% of the Pakistan wickets, five in the match, and it was a totally batsman-friendly pitch. And he found ways of taking wickets. I think it was actually his ability also to uh, adapt his game. So he started out the game by bowling fairly conventional, attempting to move the ball around off the seam and get a bit of extra bounce. Uh, At times in the second innings, he was prepared to go with the bouncer tactics, which is something he hasn't tried before. Opened the bowling, bowled a lot of short balls, and there were some pretty good ones in there. And then towards the end of today's play, he really came into his own reverse swinging the ball both ways and trying to get that you know late in-swinging Yorker and pinning the batsman on, on, the, on the crease. Also, uh, that inspired bit of uh, tactics to get Azar Ali out, by having a leg slip and Robinson bowling straight, angling it down the leg side and getting him caught by Joe Root at leg slip. That was a brilliant bit of, of tactical awareness, both by captain and bowler. You could say it was lucky, but it's no more lucky than getting an edge to slip in a way. He, he, he was bowling for that wicket and the ball was you know, obediently hit into the, to the hands of Joe Root. So I think... For adaptability and stamina and sort of tirelessness, Robinson, yeah, d- it deserves it. Brooke is is a fantastic player. To me, he's got a sort of combination of Kevin Peterson's audacity, Michael Vaughan's style, and Joe Root's immaculate ability to score runs or understanding of how to build an innings. So what a combination. And just took it by absolutely by storm in this game 240 runs from what is it 160 balls amazing performance 181 balls 181 balls but amazing performance but the conditions were in his favor 
yeah, and and a bigger test will come against different types of attack. Uh, I mean, the, the amazing thing now, Yoz, of course, it, this game has gone right the distance. Uh, you know, ten minutes before bad light would have uh, probably stopped play, and they've got to turn it all round, head off to Multan, and do it all again. Uh, how tough is that physically? I mean, you, I, I suppose the, so the question might be: Do England just have to rotate a little bit some of their their pace bowlers? I mean, uh, Jimmy Anderson again. I mean, it, it, those figures of, of his. We haven't even talked about Jimmy yet. Twenty-four overs, twelve maidens, four for thirty-six in the second innings. He was miserly in the in the first innings as well. So he took five wickets in the match. He took some lower order wickets, like two two quick ones actually, to really hasten England towards victory. Uh, with Mahmood, a brilliant catch by Pope down the leg side, and then Harris Ralph, LBW uh, for naught, and he got rid of Rizwan as well. And and Rizwan actually could have he was the real potential thorn for England today because he can score quickly and he was he was starting to take control of the game and, and Anderson got him out uh, just after lunch. So he, he just can continues to just continues to perform. It's as simple as that. He, he, continues, he continues to confound his age. You know, 40 years old, uh, as you say, 22 overs in the second innings, four for 36, absolutely fantastic. It's taken him to, and the astonishing tally of 672 test match wickets. So he's now only 36 behind Shane Warne. And uh, it's just interesting to see, actually, what he's doing... Uh, kind of average-wise overseas. People have said, oh, you know, you're not as, not as effective overseas as he is at home. Well, in Asia now, he's, he's taken 79 wickets at 27, which is not much higher than his overall average. At home, he's taken 429 wickets at 23. And OK, away from home, he's taken 221 at 31. So a little bit higher, certainly, but... A, a, an incredible performer, and you just think he was—he was the only survivor of that series against Pakistan in Pakistan in 2005, and he's still going mm. now. It's just remarkable to watch. Still uh, 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 wanting to learn new skills, still happy to charge in and find a way of taking a wicket. His uh, insatiability is is similar to. You know, a Jeff Boycott or a Joe Root with a bat. It, it, it is. You don't very often find insatiable fast bowlers because fast bowling is such hard work. And every time I see him run up to bowl, I can sort of feel my knees and my hips creaking. <laughs> and he, he just makes light of it all. It's amazing. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hey guys it is Ryan I'm not sure if you know this about me but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can I like to work but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus you talk about hard work england in the field for 
250 plus overs Pakistan in the field for 137 overs uh, there's a lot of hard work that's gone in uh, to this victory it's only three days until the next test match so what, what do England do? do do they think about rotating mixing and matching a bit and they have got Mark Wood uh, to come back in the side Craig Overton is is waiting in the wings as well is it you know, because of the circumstances but age a little bit that do you think you uh, rotate a bit or do you just go oh well th this worked folk, folks back for Livingston same again off you go I, I think you do rotate actually uh, because I don't think bowlers will agree they'll they'll say look I'm I'm yeah. fine to go Anderson will be fine he'll turn up on Friday yes I want to play but it does chip away at your uh, stamina undoubtedly that kind of uh, amount of overs and of course don't forget England because of the way they bat they don't give their bowlers much time off either they, they go yeah. out there and whack it for a day and then the bowlers have got to go out, go out there and do it again. So it's hard for this England bowling attack to keep going given the way England bat and the, the, the knowledge that you are going to have to spend a lot of time in, in, in the field. And you don't realise how much your body is tired while the adrenaline keeps you going. But I think actually, sensibly, it would be better to sort of bring in Wood and maybe Overton for this next test match. I think England do really need another seamer. I mean, Ben Stokes, how does he keep going with that knee falling apart? But he does. But I still think it would be better to have him as the fourth seamer, really, and have three out-and-out -out specialist fast bowlers. So for the, for the next test, I would be thinking Wood, Overton and Robinson and give Jimmy a break and bring him back for the third test. I think they have to think about an extra seamer because the spinners are just ineffective. I know that Will Jacks took a sixer in the first innings, but you know there was a sort of element of beginner's luck about that, and you know a few people caught in the deep and things. So you know he doesn't look to me like a spinner yet who's going to bowl a, a team out with you know, vicious spin and, and brilliant control. He will improve, and I think he's got a lot of potential. But for the moment, and also given the fact that reverse swing is almost more potent in this part of the world than spin, I will just be looking at an extra seamer for the next test. So Will, will Jacks was six on his debut in, in your book, might have to make way because of the fact that, yeah, England... They, well, of course, like, Livingston's out, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but Folks so. is going to come back, isn't he, into the side? So there's one change, and then you know, another bowler, another pace bowler in for a spinner. That was, you know, that, so that would cut England down to to root and leach to bowl spin, and and then actually four pace bowlers, in, in, including Stokes. So that's perhaps the decision. Yeah, it's quite hard to fit them all in, isn't it? It I is. Suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's the old, you know. Well, maybe okay. So maybe Overton and Wood play the next test. And um, Jimmy and Robinson sit it out and play the final test, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's what they could do. As for Pakistan, they, I thought their bowling in this match, I mean, it looked a bit average, to be honest, on, but it, it, is a, you know, it was a difficult pitch to, to bowl on. Harris Rauf, of course, is injured, so he'll be out. And they've, they've got some options. Um, Hamid Wazim Jr., who played in the T20 World Cup final, he's uncapped. You know, he's an option for them. They could play Fahim Ashraf, who's an all-rounder. And that might work for them because he's, he's accurate. He might give them some control and he can bat as well. So that, that might be an option for Pakistan. And they've also got the option of Abra Ahmed, who's the young leg spinner who has done really well in the uh, domestic 
competition leading up to this test match and then didn't get a game and they played Zahid Mahmood instead. So that there's there are options and they also got another spinner as well, Noman Ali, left armour, who's a uh, who's not too bad a batter as well. So they might yeah you know, they might be able to strengthen lower down. I think probably the, the batting is fine for Pakistan. I mean goodness me, they made 579 in this test match. That's the third highest score to lose a test match in history. I mean so that you know they. <laughs> They contributed to this game in their way, Pakistan. Just that England just took the game to another level. So, just generally, Pakistan, you you think they need to they need to change their bowling? If anyone in Pakistan is willing to come in and bowl <laughs> against this this cavalry charge of of the England batting, yeah, they do need a bit more. And and I can see that mystery spinner uh, being a, a valuable asset. Uh, so I would certainly look to to play him. I didn't think that the the leg spinner Mahmood was was that effective. Um, he, I know he was on his on his debut as well, but I don't know. I think they need something else with the ball to to stem the inevitable tide of English run making. I also like to just say, quite apart from the Pakistani players contributing to this game, what about the crowd as well? Yeah. Five yeah. days of excellent crowd, and they all came piling in today to see perhaps a, a Pakistan victory. They were gripped and wrapped by every ball. I, I got stories from our World Best Cricket Club members who were at the game saying that Pakistani fans came up to them afterwards and said well played to to the England fans. So they were very sporting in defeat. And they just add so much colour and vibrancy to to a, a, a test match, it's, it's wonderful to see a test match being so well attended away from England or Australia. Yeah, all five days as well. I, mean, that's the, I think today was the biggest crowd. You're, you're right, as people sense the word got around, or oh, this could be a really gripping uh, finale. And ultimately, they're very disappointing. But of course, they were also backing they, that last wicket pair as well. You know, they were cheering and and, and and supporting them, and they sort of sensed they might get away with the draws. They were they were right involved in that. So it was it was gripping for them right to the end as well. So there was you know it's a lot for them to support. Yeah, it's fantastic to see. The, the size of crowd there for five days. Was it because England play exciting, aggressive cricket? Or was it because they've been starved of cricket? Undoubtedly, it's partly due to the way England play, but but also, you know, the fact they haven't had much Test cricket yeah. for, for so long, and it's just great. I mean, people must have had to give up work today or take a sickie or something to get there because <laughs> it's it's a working day Monday in yeah. Old Pindi, yeah. obviously, but oh, just fantastic to see. And in a way. You know, it's a shame, isn't it, that the Football World Cup is, is so dominant at the moment because if it, if people weren't so addicted to it in a way, then I think this match would get even more coverage than it is getting because it, it's an absolutely brilliant advert for Test Match Cricket. But unfortunately, people, people just haven't got the time to watch Test Match Cricket. So we almost need a way of somehow com compressing this excitement into a shorter form it, it, it just to see a, a review of it if it is what i mean the, the 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 joy of winning a test match in this sort of circumstance must eclipse the joy of you know, winning a, even a world t20 final really because of the effort and uh, commitment that you put in for those five days yeah, I, I sort of know where you're going with this. I suppose that the thing is, you could never take a T20 World Cup final away from anyone. It's, you know, it's there forever, isn't it? You know, we won it in 2022 with all the players who were there. Uh, and this, 
I mean, the other the other thing as well. I said I said to Ben Stokes at the end, you know, was the, you know you've, you've actually won some incredible Test matches this year. You know, how does this one rank? And he actually said this one uh, ranks highest. But there have been so many of these performances by England this year. That, I mean, the amazing victory at Trent Bridge, the incredible victory uh, against India at Edgbaston, that 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 record chase, and and also you know, beating South Africa at the Oval as well was was something special. Inside of two and a bit days, and you know, the game was reduced to three days because of rain and the, and the Queen dying, and England knock them over in just about two and a, a bit days. I mean, there, there have been some, uh, some of the, you know, back to back to back to back, some of the most incredible test matches uh, England have ever played. They've sort of condensed them into into this year. So, I mean, so although Multan is only three days away, and I said to Ben Stokes afterwards, you know, you've got to do it all again in three days. And he looked at me, he said, have we? You know, he's always a bit surprised that the next game was coming around so quickly. I don't think he looks that far ahead necessarily. Um, although it is, you know, we're, we're, looking, we're sort of looking forward to it already. The road to Multan tomorrow, we're driving down there, we're a sort of bus convoy, uh, leaving, I don't know, about nine, ten o'clock in the morning, hoping to get there be, before dark and, uh, and looking for more of the same. I, I wonder what sort of pitch Pakistan will come up with uh, for the next game. Because if they play on a flat pitch, really, uh, you know, similar to this, it Perhaps it does play into England's hands again. I don't know. They can, you know, they can just smash it again. Whereas if there's a pitch that, you know, I don't know, a, a slow turner or even a Bunsen burner, then it might be a bit harder to to play in that ultra yeah. aggressive way. What do you think? Well, I, I think it's just a pitch like this doesn't really deserve such an exciting Test match, actually. And you know, it's supposed to be Test cricket is supposed to be a a, a contest between bat and ball. This was bat totally dominating ball until really the last probably session in fact and yeah. I just that isn't good for cricket so hats off to both teams for making such a brilliant spectacle out of a, a totally deceased pitch one hopes the groundsman would have a bit more imagination and produce something which has a little bit more of a balance for, for the next two games but anyway you know just to say Again, really, uh, I, I mean, well done to both teams for the, the fantastic entertainment that they've put on over the last five days. And England, despite the England football team scoring countless goals in the World Cup and beating Senegal last night, I think the England cricket team have upstaged them. Well, yeah, a, tr- a tremendous victory. Just a footnote on the groundsman, actually. I think Atif, who was part of our team, spoke to him either this either this morning or, or yesterday morning, and the groundsman said, "Well, they're criticising my pitch, but you know, look at the game it's produced." Uh, so, I, it's actually, I think this game might actually encourage him to p- produce another pitch like this because of, of the fantastic cricket. But I think there, you know, I think he has to understand there are special circumstances that pertain to this match that allowed us to to get a result I mean, without the way that England progressed the game and the positivity with which they played and the declaration as well which I was a bit I have to say I was a bit skeptical about oh, I always like 20 or 30 more runs would would England declare in the in the first test of the ashes uh, ne- next summer 3 343 with four sessions with with, with the Australians Listen, I, I, why not? And <laughs> Ben Stokes will just be invigorated by what's happened in this game. And isn't it a fact that in the history of Test cricket, so that's, I think, in excess of 2,000 matches, only 13 times has a captain declared on his third innings, on the team's third innings, and lost the match, which really tells you that most captains are very conservative mm. and won't take the risk. And the, the risk here 
produced the most wonderful reward. And there would have been no shame if England had lost, if Pakistan had won. The Pakistanis would have deserved to win. And I don't think that England could have blamed themselves at all. They tried their best to win. And often you do have to risk losing to win. And and it's important for, for the future of Test cricket that teams do take a risk here and there because it makes the, the, the overall event that much more compelling. Mm. Well, this, this England team this year are confounding us all. I mean, they, they felt in the doldrums, didn't they? After that West Indies series, they lost in the West Indies. Thought, Where on earth are England going to turn to next? Who are they going to turn to? They turned to Stokes and, and McCullum. And it's, it's fair to say that it's been quite interesting uh, so far. So we're on to Moltan. We're, we're hoping for more. We can't possibly get a test match as, as good as the one we've just had. But, you know, it, it is worth, it's going to be worth watching whatever uh, these two teams come up with. And we'll be back after the first day's play uh, to review it and give our thoughts. Hope you've enjoyed uh, this test match. It's been a fantastic uh, to, to be here in Pakistan. What a great way uh, to start uh, the series. So goodbye for now and speak to you later in the week. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply